brought to you by Integravita Wellness. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna from Integravita Wellness. You can call me Gregory, of course. Welcome back to Confessions of an Obese Child. You can find all my confessions at www.integravita.com. That's integral. Take off the L and add V-I-T-A. Integravita means whole life in Latin. And that's where the name of the company comes from. Today, I'm here to talk about Confessions of an Obese Child number five, gym class. This is actually one of my most favorite of the 13 confessions that I've written so far. This one, the bra, the competitive eater. Uh, I, I really like this one because this one has a nice mixture of humor and sadness. The last confession, which was the locker room, was kind of a downer. I have to admit, listen to it again, a little downer. But the subject is kind of down. And I think that's one of the reasons why I offset that downness with a little upbeat music. If I started with something like, wah, 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 it's like down, down with down, you know? So that's why I like to do the little techno music from the, the 90s at the beginning. So I have nothing really to say here at the beginning. I hope all you guys are doing really great. And the fact that you've gone come back to my, my podcast says a lot. And I really appreciate that you've returned for another installment. So thank you so much. I'd appreciate it if you can go to iTunes and Give me a five-star review and put in some comments, something that you like, something that you don't like about my podcast, some recommendations, some questions you'd like to ask me. That'd be fantastic, like Symphony Fantastique by Hector Berrios, the French mid-19th century composer. When I was a child, I was in Quiz Bowl, which was an academic competition, kind of like Team Jeopardy, where we had to compete against other teams. So there'd be a question that was read, and then you had to buzz in and answer it. And the questions ran the gamut from social studies, literature, to classical music and art and all that. So I was really, really good at history and geography. If you heard my past podcast about my father telling me not to get a degree in something that I like, but rather something that you can get a job in, you'll you'll know this already. So I was very good at the arts, so geography and, and social studies, and, and also as well as art history and classical music. I went to a school where you, it was required that you take an arts class. So I did take a history of, of classical music, and, and it was an, a great class, and I'm so glad I took it. I love the arts. I love painting. My friend Edmund and I, we talk about art history all the time, and we quiz each other. And we, He likes more. Now, he likes, I think, all the periods, but he has a little leanings toward the 20th century art, and I honestly am the opposite. I like more of the Renaissance and neoclassical, and even up to about the Romantic period. And I think this is in my own complete honesty, and if you don't agree, it's great, but I think 20th century art is a complete waste of time. It is horrific. Starting with Dadaism, Fauvism, Cubism, pop art, I just think it's just garbage. Okay. Wrapping saran wrap around a tree is not art to me. Okay. Looking at the beauty of Raphael is. But art needs to evolve. That's what Edmund tells me. And that we need to appreciate all people's views. And he is such a well-balanced man. That's one of the reasons I love him. He's my bro. I got a bromance with Edmund. Confession number five. The locker, or I'm sorry, the gym class. For me, gym class in elementary school was akin to an adult prostate exam. 
suck it up, bite your lip, and get through it the fastest you can. Fortunately, I haven't had a prostate exam yet. I think I'm around the age now where I'm supposed to have it. All hyperbole aside, coupled with the horrors of getting dressed in the locker room, PE class was my least anticipated part of the day. My most anticipated, if you ask, getting home and eating my three microwave pizzas and a pint of ice cream. Uh, that's all I do is daydream about food. When, when I when we have the podcast on the locked cabinet, I actually used to think that my food was talking to themselves and talking to me like telepathically through my head throughout the day. Like, you don't love us? Come eat us. We need you. So I would daydream and just be like, God, I can't wait till I eat that pizza when I'm watching Voltron. Mm. So after surreptitiously donning my oversized non-designated gym attire, we gathered in the gym. Yes, I had my hot pink pants, which I talked about in the previous pod. First, we would do calisthenics, 10 jumping jacks, 10 pogo sticks, which are jumping up and down, and pulling the weeds, which was bending over with your legs widened and touching the ground. Those weren't too bad. Depending on the season, we would play either basketball, soccer, or poison pin, which was a modified version of dodgeball, which I'll talk about in this pod. Each of these games had their cons. But before we get to that, there were three major discomforts of mine dealing with the competitive team sports. First, it was so hard for me to keep up. You know, I was fat. I mean, it's just, I had like no cardiovascular stamina at all. I was a morbidly obese kid. I was sweaty and winded in a minute or two. A bigger problem, the girls. At least my embarrassment in the locker room was among the boys, but once we changed the actual physical education aspect, it was co-ed. The girls would exercise on one side of the field or gym and the boys on the other. Now, in elementary school, this wasn't much of a big deal, but once we ascended to the puberty-laden middle school era, it became clear that the primary goal was not physical fitness, but trying to impress the opposite sex. So I was lumbering around, trying to keep up with the game. I, along with all the boys, had half of our mind wondering, are the girls looking at me? And how can I impress them? In my perspective, it was only the former since I didn't have a modicum of talent in which to impress, aside from one which I'll discuss in a second. So so Jim was a mixture of, of anticipation and dread. And I, I think one of the benefits is I really haven't talked about girls yet. I'm saving this up. So the, the, the plan for my confessions is about the first 30 are going to be recollections from my childhood. And the next, the last 30 will be recollections of my adulthood after I lost some weight. Some of the, the lingering effects of being overweight. But I haven't had a podcast yet about girls. So definitely I liked girls even when I was fat, you know, fat people like people, girls, or, or if you're, you know, if you're gay, then you like the opposite, the same sex. But definitely, you know, at that point, 12, 13, 14, you're, you're, you're looking at the other side and like, are they looking at me? And, you know, probably they're not, or maybe they are. I don't know. They weren't looking at me, but luckily I remedied that later when I got older. Then the girls thankfully started to come a little more. I mean, I honestly didn't have my first kiss, so I was... 18, yeah. The most, the most mortifying aspect of gym was shirts versus skins. Any overweight person here will know where I'm going with this. Now, 
After doing our calisthenics, coach would then divide the boys and tell one group skins, meaning you had to doff your shirt, and the other shirts, meaning you didn't. Well, clearly, you can kind of guess what side overweight people want to be on. So at every PE class, I felt like the guy in the movie The Deer Hunter, I think it was Christopher Walken, right? When he's playing Russian roulette, and he didn't know he didn't know whether or not when he squeezed the trigger, if that chamber had the bullet. So, you know, we did the calisthenics. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And he he just divides up the group, and in my mind, I'm saying, "Please, coach, don't say it. Don't say it." I was like trying to almost telepathically communicate with him. I was already dealing with the self consciousness of knowing I was completely inadequate in PE. Amplify that fact by having me run around in front of girls. But now you're going to put the icing on the proverbial tasty sweet cake I'm going to eat even faster when I get home by yelling skins to me. When coach called my group skins, I veritably fell a dark gray curtain descended over my eyes. And I viewed everything in this weird sepia toned hues. It's hard to explain. It's it's like dun dun dun, and then it's like oh my god, thirty minutes of hell. Here we go. We had to doff our shirts immediately. You know, PP class was short. You know, it's like forty five minutes. You got it. You had to change and then have the exercise and go back and change. And of course, back then, you know, we didn't shower, so everybody went back stinky. You know, I don't know if that's even changing. I, I suppose in elementary school they don't even they don't change yet, but. I would dither and dither, not wanting to hear the moans, cackles, earthquake references, and hey, 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 it's fat Albert jabs I was inevitably going to hear. Coach would yell to me to take it off, and so I did, and the aforementioned would inevitably ensue. Yeah. It's like, ooh, just taking off that shirt. You know, and they know that you're procrastinating. They know. It's not like they're just, they think you're meditating on the meaning of life. They know you don't want to do it. So when you do it, that's when it starts. So I was fat. I knew I was fat. Everyone there knew I was fat. But to have my obesity so glaringly exposed in full view was absolutely gut-wrenching. To feel my fat rolls bounce up and down as I laboriously moved and to hear my male classmates chime in that they were going to get fat cooties and contract fatitude if they touch my bare, sweaty skin only exacerbated it. Now, I have to give some credit to these, these, these sadists because they did come up with some pretty funny names, a couple of which are coming up in upcoming podcasts, but I like, I like the fatitude. Don't contract the fatitude. Don't contract the fatitude. And going to cooties, it's funny because when we're all kids, we actually think cooties actually exist. You know, I don't want to get cooties. I think girls were normally the ones that would give it to boys, right? Yeah. So I'm running around, bouncing around, and uh, yeah, no one wanted to cover me like in basketball because you know it's all sweaty and I like it's like that Along Came Polly movie with Ben Stiller when when he's playing basketball, with that big sweaty guy, and you know he's a he's a germaphobe, and a guy like runs right into him and it's puts his sweaty skin all over Stiller's face. Something that I have not mentioned yet in my confessions is I never fought back when I was ridiculed, which only fueled the name calling. In my mind, I knew that they were saying what was true. I was fat. I was horrible. I was disgusting. So why fight it, even if it was destroying my soul? 
I just sucked it up until I could put the shirt back on, pretend it didn't happen, and daydream about what I was going to eat when I got home. I wonder, looking back, if Coach cared about my gym plight and intentionally designated the group I was in more skins or shirts. I was the only overweight child in my grade, which which was peculiar because, of course, nowadays, 70% of Americans are overweight and 40% of those are obese. So it's definitely changed. I look at my own classes and there's at least maybe a quarter of them that are overweight. But at that time in my class, of uh, there was two two, uh, classes of 30 for each grade. So I was the only one. There might have been a couple of uh, chubby girls, but I was definitely the overweight boy. I would definitely have bonded with that guy had there been one. So did he care about my plight? Probably not, since I remember being in both. Of course, it is easy to say now that had I been he, I would have made sure that any overweight kid would have always been shirts. But many thin people don't have the wherewithal to think about that in the first place. And this is true. You know, I've had some of my my quote-unquote skinny friends who were skinny in high school uh, listen to my pods, and they, they they tell me it's like, well, I didn't, I never really thought about that, or you know, or I'll ask them, it's like, what did, what did you know about the overweight people in your high school? Or it's like, I don't, I don't know. They seemed okay, you know. No, no one really thinks about it. Or if I ask them, you know, what do you think they went through? Or it's like, I don't know. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's just you're kind of in your your horse blinder, so to speak, your your myopic kind of view of trying to get through your own experience through high school. So unless you are an empath or bleeding heart sensitive person who cries all the time thinking about, you know, your your dog being alone at home or I don't know, watching Rin Tin Tin or something like that, you're really not gonna think about, you know, what what's the what's the acne person going through? What's the person who just lost their mom going through? You know, what's the person who just had a divorce going through? Perhaps he was a good man, my coach, but just never stopped to consider the plight of his fat kid. In a fat kid's mind, it is all they obsess over. Now, one of the bright spots of Jim was when we played a version of dodgeball called Poison Pin. I loved Poison Pin. This was my game. It was so much fun. In Poison Pin, the goal of the game was to knock down your opponent's bowling pin, which would typically lay on the farthest side of the gym. There were two ways to win. One was to knock out everybody on the other team, just like dodgeball, so you'd have free reign to throw an unencumbered ball at the pin. Or number two, aim at and knock over the pin directly. So the strategy came about to put someone in front of the pin who could protect the pin and hopefully catch as many balls as possible before getting knocked out. Guess who was always chosen to bear the torch of protection? Yeah. So it's like dodgeball. There's going to be six balls at the beginning. They blow the whistle. You run to the middle to get the ball, and then it's just straight out dodgeball. Now, back then, we weren't all wussified. These were, these were relatively small balls. I would say they were kind of the size of an eggplant, but round, a round eggplant. Yeah, they were small balls, but not too small. But they would hurt. These balls would hurt. And these kids, you know, they're growing. They would throw them really fast. This wasn't like dodgeball now where, oh, we're going to hit Tommy in the head and, you know, we're going to get sued because that's all schools really care about, right? And especially high schools. Graduation rate, standardized scores, attendance rate, and not being sued or bad publicity. So they've largely phased dodgeball out, which has made a bunch of boys wussify. See, this is what's happening in society. The women are becoming manlified 
androgenized, whatever you want to call it, and the women are, and the men are becoming wussified. You know, so we're coming these sensitive beta types. No one likes the sensitive beta types. Women say they want sensitive beta types, and then when they get one, they walk all over them, don't like them. Men, women really like strong men. But we're getting all wussified. That's why men are falling behind in women in all statistical indicators and in college graduation rates and law school and and everything like that. You know, we're more in prison. You know, we, we're dropping out of school. It's just the boys are falling behind. We need to turn that around. We need both to succeed, as I mentioned in the previous podcast. Don't resent the successful. We want all of our all of our fellow brothers and sisters to do well and to achieve. Don't be a hater. In retrospect, the game was quite fun, partly because it was fun letting out steam, throwing very small inflatable balls at people you hate. But I also served a useful purpose. My fatness could be used for good and not evil. So I somehow saw it as a compliment to be told, not asked, to sit my fat ass down to guard the pin. Yeah, they never said, hey, Albert, would you do me a favor? And like, can you guard the pin? You know, we'll give you a ding dong. No, it wasn't like, hey, fat Albert, go send from the pin. And of course I was trying to be accommodating, right? Because that's what fat people do. We like to accommodate. We don't like to ruffle the feathers. We're not going to be like, uh, actually, uh, uh, you need to give me money or stop making fun of me and I'll do it. Or, you know, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. You know, we don't say that. We're like, okay. So I was a pretty good catcher. So I, I did pretty well in, in poison pin. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I guess I was athletic in that regard. I could catch these balls. Now, of course, the other team figured out a strategy. If their side had three or more balls, they would just aim them all at me at once. So, yeah, I could maybe catch the first one, but when you have three bullets coming at you, uh, it's pretty tough. If you're lucky, you could like catch one and then use that ball to deflect the others coming at you. Uh, but these kids, you know, they were they were uh, pretty good at timing it. So I was good, but I'm not that god from Indian mythology with five sets of arms. I, I forget which one is that Vishnu. I think it's one of the Trimurti. So I would eventually be pummeled by the balls, called out of the game, and then someone would take my place guarding the pin until the end of the match. But you know what? No one guarded it as well as my portly, sweaty body. And I was always called on to be the first guarder. That's right, baby. Looking back, I really don't know if it was a compliment. It was likely the most expedient strategy, right? Put the fattest kid in front of the pin. Either way, it gave me a brief respite from the agony of gym class and gave me a chance to shine in front of the girls, none of which were probably watching me in the first place. Yeah, Poison Pin. Why don't they bring that back? That was such a fun game. Yeah, We used to play crab soccer. I don't even know if they do crab soccer anymore. Crab soccer is when there's a ball and you divide the you know the kids into teams of six and there's a goal and then you try to crawl like you're a crab and so you could kick the ball with your legs but you're crawling so your arms are behind you and you're walking around like a crab. I don't even know if they do that game anymore. Hmm, those are good games. If you ever watch any coming of age comedy about nerdy kids, you'll know that not only the fat kids but all the outcasts have horrible recollections of gym. Right? Think of freaks and geeks. Fat kids are not alone for sure. I do wonder looking back at Jim about the overweight girls on the other side of the gym and whether or not they were going through the same embarrassment as I. 
I imagine so, but likely worse. You know, boys can be bad in their own way, but girls, oof, girls can be horrific. And I see this so clearly in high school. The boys necessarily aren't the problem. It's the girls' cattiness. It, it Mean Girls was 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 based on a, a novel, a memoir, and uh, I forgot the name of it. Killer bees and something something, but. I see it in my class, and in particular certain periods where you know when girls don't get along, and they're so much more subtle. And now with social media, I fear for teenage kids nowadays, and I love my students. I think I am so lucky at the school I'm at because I tend to have good kids. The majority of my kids, too, are female because most of them, as I just mentioned, the, the boys are falling behind and the girls want to get ahead and be doctors. So I think that helps, too, that I have a predominantly female class. But social media, man, it's such a way to get back at people. I just thank God we didn't have social media back in 1749 when I was a kid. Looking back, all I can say was that it was not the most pleasurable experience, but let's give it some perspective. My village wasn't being pillaged by marauders, or I wasn't starving due to a pestilence of locusts that came in and destroyed my crops. So yes, my problem, as I mentioned, I think in the prologue, was definitely a first world problem. But it was not fun. In retrospect, gym class was not fun. The locker room was horrendous. No one wants their clothes stripped away to see how many kids can fit in their gym clothes or have all their clothes ripped away and be naked and trying to cover up your man boobs and your and so forth. So gym class as a whole, and I only mentioned really the poison pin and and taking off the shirt, but you know, they definitely have other recollections of having to play soccer outside and you know, shirts versus skins and upcoming way of the presidential fitness challenge. That one was that was just a splendor in the grass. To quote that old movie from the sixties, it was just so great, the presidential fitness challenge. But gym as a whole in elementary and in middle school was not pleasant. And I'll I'll write a blog about high school. High school was a little different, but it was essentially the same. So Go to my website, read my bio if you want an encapsulated version of how I lost my weight. Also, I would recommend listening to confession number four, the locker room before you listen to this one since they compliment each other. And that is the end of this confession of gym class. I do want to mention a couple of things about nutrition because I know that I haven't really spoken about nutrition and how I've lost my weight I would say that for most of you who do want to lose weight or if you would like to hire me as a health coach, because I am a certified health coach, the old paradigm of high-carb, low-fat has really been thrown out the window. And eventually I am going to create another podcast when I talk about nutrition and, and kind of the paleo-aligned diet. But this is one of the paradigms that is still lingering for my generation and definitely the older ones, right? Let's drink skim milk. Let's get low-fat yogurt. Let's get low-fat everything. Diet sodas are good because they have no sugar. No, please don't. The studies are very conclusive now in the last five, 10 years that we want to flip that around. So what they've done is by making, for example, milk uh, fat-free, they've taken all the milk fat, which is the satiating and tasty part, and they put in tons of sugar. And now we know sugar is the big killer. Sugar and the inflammatory oils that are seen in fats. The vegetable oil, canola oil, corn oil, all that stuff like that. So step one in losing weight, if you want to lose weight, is you got to get around that mentality and flip it. Fat does not make you fat. We need a t-shirt that says that. Fat does not make you fat. It's excess carbs that make you fat.
And thanks to the food pyramid of the 80s where they recommended the grains be on the bottom of the pyramid, you build on that. We eat 6 to 11 grains of bread. I mean, that has contributed to obesity and diabetes in this country more than anything else. So invert it. Eat a lot of fat, the beneficial fat. So meat, you know, meat is not your enemy. Fish, pork is not your enemy. Nuts. The fruits that have a lot of fat, like coconut and avocados, dark chocolate, these are your friends. Stay away from the middle of the aisles. That's all the processed crap where they put in preservatives and toxins and food additives to make the food addictive. Anyways, I'll talk about that later. So there's my nutrition fact for the day. So please, I... I would recommend that you go to my website, www.integravita.com. Post some comments. Contact me. Let me know if you want to be interviewed. My first interview is coming up. And just let me know what you think of the of the website. Hire me if you're interested in a, in a health coach. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to my podcast. Please post a review so I can have my reviews being shown. And I would really appreciate that. Aside from that, have a great day. Be good to yourself, love yourself, and say a prayer to God. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.integravita.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. See you next time.